So you're using WordPress and you have your business online. The next question is, now what? With so much to do and so little time, it's hard to figure out where you should put your energy. WordPress might be the foundation for your website, but it's what you do with your business that counts. In this podcast, we'll talk about building and running an online business, but you have to be willing to do the work and just show up. My name is Kim Doyle, aka the WordPress Chick, and this is the WordPress Chick Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the WordPress Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. And I know I say this every time, but it's true. I'm super excited about today's guest um, because how we connected was really fun too. But um, we'll get into that in just a sec. But my guest today is Tori Reed. Tori, first of all, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm excited about I'm as excited about today as you are because I feel like every time we connect, it just ends up being a party. (laughs) (laughs) It totally is. I I always feel like God, I could talk to you forever. (laughs) So so. Tori, I'm going to have you tell your story, but for everybody listening, um, Tori is a creator of Bootstrap Millennial, and she has an amazing Facebook group that is just, I don't know, it, it's a huge inspiration to me, uh, called Blogging for Entrepreneurs, Actionable Growth and Income Strategies. And you've also written a book, which I think is pretty awesome. Um, but, you know, it's fun because I, I love sort of sharing that connection story with people because I think sometimes people look at, you know, connections and whatnot is as... Um, or even engaging in Facebook groups or on social media as sort of this luxury you get to later when really it should be the foundation. And we connected when you asked me, I was so honored to, for um, a quote uh, to respond. You were writing an article for Huffington Post. I was like, oh my God, I was so honored. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, so yeah, and we'll get into all your your traffic strategies, but I don't really know your story. So if you could share your story with with us and you know how you got started in this space, that would be awesome. Oh man, you don't know my story. It's always me asking you the questions. Okay, um, so totally. Uh, I uh, so I've always I've always written, right? Um, I think I started out, I started out playing music, which it's not going to make sense how this relates, but I'll get into it. So I started out playing piano when I was four, and. So I've always been a musician. And of course, like, I don't know, I don't know uh, how many people can relate to this or know this from personal experience, but music and words just kind of go together. So if you start with instruments, you're going to end up finding like the written word to be kind of important to you in terms of poetry and other things, because you write songs like that's what happens, right? Um, So I started out writing songs. And then I realized how much I love writing. And then I got into writing online. Uh, live journal in Zanga. I don't know if anybody remembers this stuff, but back in the day before blogging was actually blogging, um, before it was considered a marketing tool or any of those things, but there was still that social element to it to where you wanted to, you wanted to get traffic. You wanted people to follow you and be interested in stuff like that. Um, never did anything major with it on the hobbyist level. But, uh, as an adult, I was like bartending and waiting tables. And I was like, I don't want to work for anybody else anymore. And I'm tired of school. I don't see a direction in my life from that. And I was just kind of at a pretty consistent low point without direction, just kind of a rebel without a cause, uh, (laughs) partying all the time, not really doing much else. And then I, I don't know, something in me decided like, I want purpose and I want to, first off, I want purpose and I want to, um, I want to live life kind of on my own terms because I realize how important time is. So that's my, that's my big thing is I realize how important time is and how limited it is. And I don't want to spend 40 hours of it per week doing something that I don't really want to do. 
And so I decided, well, what am I good at? Well, I'm good at writing, so let me become a freelance writer. My very first job, my very first gig was on Elance, which is what Upwork used to be, for anybody who's listening and doesn't um, know that. It's what Upwork used to be before it was Upwork. And I found this this freelance portal named Elance, and I said, okay, I'm going to create an account. I'm going to get a gig, no problem. So I started, uh, I created an account. I spent, I spent money on Connects, which is just like the permission to pitch without being spammy, right? Spent money on Connects, spent money on an account, used up all of my Connects, got nothing. Um, probably did that about two or three times, got nothing. Just charging, you know, prices that I felt like I was worthy of because I was confident in my ability to write well. And so got nothing, got nothing, got nothing. And then I realized, you know, Elan, like I was doing some market research without realizing what market research was or even what marketing was. But I was like, let me look and see who all of these clients are hiring. Like, let me, let me go see who my competition is. So I started to check out my competition. Um, saw that everybody that was getting hired, they had five-star reviews. They had a reviewing system just like Amazon. So I'm like, oh, I need reviews. Well, how am I going to get reviews? Well, the only, the only way that I can do this is by competing with basically like overseas prices, um, but being right. a U.S. writer. And so I dropped my prices dramatically. My first gig was $5 per article on articles about fish oil. I wrote five of those. That was my first gig. Um, and I did that like probably three to five times and I got five, I made sure it was dreadful, but I made sure to get five star reviews every single time. Like I went above and beyond after that, it was like clockwork. I started getting invited to gigs. I was able to dramatically boost my prices. And from there, I just kind of worked my way up to all the places that people see me now and talk about, which is like Huffington, Huffington Post and Lifehacker and Startup Nation and Rich 20 something and all those things. So it's been a long journey. It's been like seven years. (laughs) Well, I'm almost at 10. So it's all good. And, you know, (laughs) what I love about that too, Tori, though, is just that, you know, and and I'm sure you see this, you've been in this space long enough that so many people don't want to have to pay their dues in a way. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you said, okay, you sort of reverse engineered, there's a way to this, where I can still, where I, I will eventually be able to get paid what I know that I'm worth. But I'm willing, I'm willing to do the grunt work. I'm willing, you know, and a lot of people just are like, no, you know, I'm like, go do, do your thing for free, get some case studies, whatever you need to do to get that social proof or the the ratings, whatever. And so um, that's huge. So from so from there, when did you, while you were writing for some of the bigger publications, when did Bootstrap Millennial come into play? Bootstrap Millennial really came into play towards the end of my freelance work. So I, or not even my freelance work, but the end of my freelance writing work when I was trying to, um, it's when I first kind of decided to start trying to build my personal brand, which again, I knew nothing about personal branding at that point. I knew about marketing um, or I was starting to learn about marketing, but I wasn't, I wasn't really into like branding and personal branding. And I thought that it was all that personal branding was just design stuff like logos and stuff. And I wasn't really into that. (laughs) So I didn't really have a good idea of what that was, but what kind of, um, what kind of brought that on is when Elance like converted over into Upwork. So this is still a long time ago when Elance converted over into Upwork a lot of us lost our accounts. And so I was only in that one place. And so I had to learn another big lesson. Um, in addition to social proof, you want to have, and I was a ghostwriter on Elance too. So I didn't have anything with my name on it. And so Bootstrap Millennial really started out. It didn't start out as this thing that I thought, you know, would I would generate income directly from. I didn't even have a contact me page on it, but I had, some, I wanted to have something with my name on it. Um, because 
I, I didn't have anything like after Elance, I was like, man, I'm starting from scratch all over again. All I did, all I was able to do was like grab a screenshot of my profile as what as it was so they could at least see that I got five star reviews, but that was about it. And I had taken over a hundred or 200 jobs or however many jobs. And so wow, that's how that started was I wanted something with my name on it. And, um, from there, that's when I applied at Lifehacker. I went straight from Elance to Lifehacker. I got the gig there. And that's really served me well because that's a major publication with my name on it. And so that kind of like built up my authority. From there, I kind of like switched into digital marketing because I was tired. Honestly, I was tired of writing all the time. Like all I was doing was writing. I'm like, I'm not a one trick pony. I can do other stuff too, um, especially learning more and more about marketing every day. So I kind of switched over, started to really dive into marketing. Um, started all over again, building up the social proof, working for less, uh, for, you know, a few clients, but then built that up, got my skills together, invested in some courses and mentors and stuff. And so I started a digital, a digital marketing agency and bootstrap millennial was kind of one of the really important mechanisms that I kind of used to automate my sales process really. So that sales call, cause I felt like I wasn't good at sales calls. So I wrote, uh, articles and I'm sorry about the background noise there. I'm at a coffee shop. Um, but I wrote that articles. Yeah. I wrote articles that, um, really kind of like spelled out what my thought process on marketing strategy. And I wrote them both on Huffington post at this time I was, cause by this point I was also on Huffington post. So I wrote them both on Huffington post and on bootstrap millennial. And I would shoot people, my prospects, those articles. And so by like in my proposal, so by the time they got on the sales call with me, they weren't saying like, so what can you do for me? What are you capable of? They were saying, okay, well, what do we do next? Because they already knew from the article. So my articles became like my perfect sales pitch. If that makes sense. That's huge. It totally makes sense. Cause a lot of people don't feel comfortable with the sales piece of it or think they're good at it. And so, you know, having, I love it's a, it's a way to pre-qualify people too. It's like, if you're not going to take the time to go through this, then, you know, we're, we're not going to work together anyways. Um, yeah. I want to back up. There was a lot packed into that. And so, <laughs> which, which is awesome. Um, so when you dove into marketing, mm-hmm. like where, what's, was there a catalyst or a book or or something. And let me preface this by saying, you know, in a way, you've probably heard me say, I feel like I've gone backward. And I've started studying a lot of copy, and the messaging and and all of that stuff. And to me, it was like the holy grail. It's like the missing piece. I'm like, if you can do that, do that first to help build a foundation, you know, and then the products and courses and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, none of that stuff works if you don't know the other piece of it. So, was there a, a catalyst in there that made you say, oh my gosh, there's like, this is what I need to, to go in this direction, or I need to dive into becoming a student of marketing? Yeah, absolutely. So when I first started to make that pivot, um, I skipped a piece because I typically consider it irrelevant, but it's relevant. It's relevant here. <laughs> um, so when I first when I first wanted to make that pivot out of writing, I didn't go directly into digital marketing. I went into website design. I don't even like design. It was really kind of, um, it was a very naive thing to do. I like the idea of design, right? I always appreciate the art and I like coding, right? I do enjoy coding, HTML, PHP, Python. I enjoy all of that. And so I was like, well, I can do a web design business. Um, completely failed at that. That didn't, that didn't work for me. But while I was, it was a great learning process because while I was like trying and attempting this whole web design this whole web design thing, I started to see, uh, <laughs> I started to see, um, Facebook ads pop up on my newsfeed about websites are dead. You need a funnel. 
(laughs) (laughs) And there my relationship with Russell Brunson was born. And so uh, I found ClickFunnels. I found Russell Brunson and I found all that stuff. And I really didn't even pay attention to it at first. I think they really like just uh, they they implemented the rule of seven on me. And I consider myself a slow sell. So it might have been like 20 times of me seeing the ad over a long period of time. And then I started to see this word sales funnel pop up. So I started to study, study sales funnels and what is this and how is it different from a website? And I was like, oh, this is more up my alley, especially once I found ClickFunnels and found out how easy it was to kind of implement the design element, but really all of the other stuff, um, the optimizing it for conversions, I still get to write because I get to do copy, you know, all of those other things that go along with it. That was much more up my alley than just like the pure design, design factor. And then I still get to code a bit too, if I want to. And so it really allowed me to use, I think, all of the skills that one, all of the skills that I was good at, and two, all of the skills that I was trying to hone and get better at from a marketing standpoint. And that was a couple of years ago, and I've been kind of doing that ever since. And then, you know, we come back around, and now I'm teaching bloggers how to blog. So I've had like a lot of like transition periods in this in this digital marketing thing, but it's been a fun ride. <laughs> well, and I, I think that you know that is a uh, natural progression for people who are willing to say, which you clearly made a decision, you know, at some point, like I'm not working for anybody else. Um, and it's when you make the decision that I'm in this for the marathon and not the sprint. And, you know, I, I've evolved and changed so many times. And even, you know, you talk about click funnels, it was like, I was probably one of their first hundred customers. And I was like, eh, it was more of a fear of missing out for me. And then yeah. I was like, I can do all this stuff in WordPress, blah, blah, blah. But it was expert secrets that brought me back. Truly. I mean, I read that book and I was like, oh my God, this is, that was, you know, just, it nailed it for me. And then I went back and started consuming their content because he was not a big content marketer, you know, the first 10 years of his internet marketing career. And as ClickFunnels, the brand and the voice came together um, beyond the software, because he's brilliant at that. Like, how do you monetize this in, in different ways and his self, all, all the stuff he does. But it was really getting to see him behind the scenes and the voice and the company and what they stand for uh, that made me go back full force into that. Um, so now, so with with that, so you still have Bootstrap Millennial and then we're, we'll, we'll jump about, uh, jump into the Facebook group too. Um, but so do you just run your, all your sales through ClickFunnels, but you're not because some people blog, they're just using ClickFunnels for everything. Um, so what are, what are you primarily using it for? So for what am I using ClickFunnels for? Mm-hmm. Is that the, okay. I'm actually shutting down Bootstrap Millennial for anybody who goes on there and checks that out. Um, if it's still up by the time that you guys hear this recording, then you'll notice that it hasn't been updated in eons. Um, and that's because I'm retiring and I'm shutting it down. I'm switching over to ClickFunnels for everything because my course is located in ClickFunnels. I have a, a blog traffic to cash flow course. It's located in ClickFunnels. Um, all of my lead magnets are located in ClickFunnels. And so I figure I would like to, A, consolidate everything. And I would also like for my blog post to be more kind of formatted and formed like a funnel. And I think the most feasible way for me to do that is to just go ahead and plop them in ClickFunnels. So all of my flagship posts, the posts that I really used to get a lot of people in, and um, especially for cold outreach to kind of introduce people to my per, to my ideology and like what I'm teaching about, those are going to be located in ClickFunnels. And then I do a, the majority of my business is on Facebook um, within the group and within my friends list and the people that I'm networking with and other groups and all of that stuff. It's on Facebook. So I figure a lot of that um, engagement content that they see after they come into my world 
they can see it on Facebook, or of course I'm still contributing at several different places so they can see it there too. So I'm kind of like revamping the way that I do blogging or like the way that my blogging sphere is set up, but the way that I, um, the way that I make money, uh, more specifically students go through click funnels, clients go through Stripe because I'm, I take both. So that's fascinating. You know, it's funny. I would say probably two years ago, I'd have been like, you can't do that, blah, 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 all this. And I'm like, eh, <laughs> things are changing. Well, things are yeah. changing, you know, and it's like, you know, even where I, where I was mentioning before we started recording, you know, looking at, okay, let's get the personal brand site back up. And I was like, huh, I could just do this all through Kajabi if I wanted to, because I'm doing continuity through there. I mean, and I use ClickFunnels for other stuff, but, but I, I really think, you know, gone are the days where you only needed, you know, the only option was you have to be on WordPress, you know, and I, for people that it's it's second nature, then run with it. But I think this is the evolution of the space. So let's let's jump in. Um, I'm kind of skipping questions here, but we'll, I'm sure we'll work our way back. But the <laughs> Facebook group, um, you know, I keep I keep saying that I feel like Facebook groups. This is like you know version 2.0 of the groups because they're being run with a different level of integrity and authenticity and just real solid community versus, you know, spam. (laughs) Um, So tell me, let's talk about the group. Like, you know, what made you decide to start it and and what has been your strategy with this? So I, when I was releasing my course, I realized that, you know, it's been in beta for about a year at this point. And so I really struggled with selling my course. It was a completely different kind of product than what I was used to selling. I was used to affiliate products that had their own like sales funnel set up. All I had to do was introduce people or I was used to selling my own services, um, which that's a completely different animal in and of itself. But when it comes to a course, um, I did, I started selling it before I was, before I built my personal brand. And even though I had like, I was getting traffic to my blog, I had followers, so to speak. Um, I didn't really have a community around my brand. And so, uh, when I had that epiphany moment, I'm not really sure of the moment that was, but I do remember thinking to myself, people need to know who's going to be teaching them something, especially something as big as how do I run my business? How do I make money with my business? It's a, it's a heavy weight, right? Um, mm-hmm. So people want to know who's instructing them. And I realized that even though, I, even though I'm like highly confident in my written content, there's still not the same level of human connection as there is when you're just kind of kicking it with them every day. And I introduce video to the mix, right? So they, they have a face to the name and they have inflection in my tone and they can hear, they, it's like I can have real conversations with them. So that's kind of what made me decide to kind of start looking into Facebook groups. Um, and then Arnie Giske, I'm sure you know who Arnie is, runner of Millennial Entrepreneur Community. Because of you. Yeah. And so Arnie Giske, he uh, is over the millennial entrepreneur community. I saw him grow that group from about 300. That's about the time that I joined to over now over 30,000, probably 35,000 people. And recently, um, right before I started my group, I started to kind of look at what he was doing and like, how did he, and his community is great. Like it's a great it's a great group full of like with a massive amount of people in it. And so I'm like, how do we do this? And sure enough, he releases a course around the same time. And I kind of like, I was like, I don't know. Like he's, it's, it's a brand new course. I don't know if it's going to work. And then of course I start seeing that social proof, those video testimonials popping up from people that I know, nonetheless, <laughs> like people that I've connected with. And I'm like, oh, whatever, I'm going to go ahead and join. I'm going to buy it now before it gets too expensive. Um, and I got in there and I think Arnie's really leading the revolution of that change in groups that you mentioned, um, because he really teaches people how to 
run a group that's truly engaged and is not about spam, where you protect your members and you serve them value. Um, and it's always value first. And I'm really, really, really grateful now that, you know, I made that decision and that he has my back in that. I don't think I could give myself all the credit for how I run my group at all or how great it is. Cause I didn't know squat about running a Facebook group before that. Well, and that's huge. So, I mean, we'll definitely, for the listeners, you know, uh, link to his stuff as well. Um, but, you know, one thing that, first of all, you're in there all the time, which is huge. And, you know, it's just, I was talking to um, um, my partner in crime for the content creators group. And I'm like, you know, we've been doing sort of a lot of, I don't know if you would say, you know, research, but probably, you know, just kind of asking questions and seeing where people engage. But at the same time, you know, I'm a member of other groups where it's like, Monday's this, Tuesday's this. And some of those, like your group never feels like that. Like I love your Monday connections and, and, but some of it starts feeling to wash, rinse and repeat, but you have managed to keep different things popping up, engaging people, having conversations in addition to a lot of those that, because there is something to be said also for consistency, right? And people know, oh, well, I can share my stuff this day or I can do that, right? So, you know, would you say that that the Facebook group is like a core foundation now in building and growing your business? Um, I would definitely. Okay. So the way that I put it, Facebook groups, Facebook groups are a tool for branding. Number one, marketing, number two, sales, number three, you can still generate sales through your Facebook group. Um, Facebook groups are just a tool. And I think that they're a fantastic tool. Now (laughs) um, I have been calling Facebook groups, the new and improved email list. I feel like it's an email list on steroids. And I say that for like a very specific reason. I think a lot of people are still doing really, really great with emails. Um, and I think especially in the digital marketing niche, because when people want to learn how to make money online, they, you know, they hear the term, the money's in the list. You need an email list. So what do they do? They start studying your emails. They're opening your stuff all day and you have so much opportunity to sell to them at that point and build that relationship and create a connection with them. If you're selling, if you're selling that kind of thing, um, But I think for a lot of people, it's not necessarily the case. I know the culture around email, I think, has kind of changed in that it used to be that people were in their email inboxes all the time, 24-7, 24-7, 24-7. And I think that now email kind of feels like a chore unless you've mastered it, right? So like it takes a whole other thing to master the art of email. And some people are great at it. You're great at it. Uh, Ben Settle is fantastic. So some people can really still connect with people in email that way. Facebook Um, it's much easier for those who aren't great at copy, aren't great at email, aren't great at like being vulnerable in the way that you're vulnerable in your email so that people can feel that human connection. They get to kind of do it in an easier way where they can hop on a video like myself (laughs) and say, okay, now you know that you're connecting with a human because you can see my face. Right. And so I think, I think there's like a different, everybody has their flavor of tea. Um, but Facebook's, I think Facebook groups, I think are, just, I don't know, man, they're, they're, they create that community feel. So everybody gets to connect with each other. And then you also have that personal brand element where you get to really amplify your presence to them. And you really get to amplify, um, their ability to connect with you if you're not great at copy and if you're not great at email. And then in addition to that, um, I forgot that third thing I was going to say, cause I went on for too long, <laughs> but they're just, they're just <laughs> no, really you know- powerful. They're really powerful. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I want to talk to you about selling in the group. But you know, something that that came to me is, as you were saying all that is, you know, it's funny, because like the email piece, <laughs> it took me, you know, eight years to decide to 
to shift and I did boring newsletters and I just knew what resonated with me. Right. And so mm-hmm. I, you know, <clears throat> I've, I've kind of jumped back on this Gary V bandwagon and not that I, he's, I actually got to meet him accidentally in an elevator. Ooh. It was super fun. Oh, that's yeah. Fun. It was I like, it was literally, I was at a mastermind at the elevator. It was just me. I'm coming down. The doors open. He's standing there by himself. And I was like, Gary V. He totally <laughs> took a selfie with me. I didn't have my phone. He he emailed me the picture. He was super kind. Um, but it's like, I think, you know, I was like, oh my God, I can't work any harder. As soon as I found the thing, like the content sweet spot for me, you mm-hmm. know, I, I, I will work till I collapse now. But my point yeah. with Gary was was that, you know, he was talking about, you know, um, different, I mean, there's different types of, right? Audio, video, written. It's not going anywhere. All those three, those three things are pretty solid. And so where you choose to strengthen that piece doesn't really matter. You know, like where it took me forever to get to the email I say, or it took me five years to say, I want to do a podcast because I love audio content. So I look at the Facebook group as sort of this platform to strengthen skills that you're good at already, where if and when you choose to branch into something else, you meaning universal, you've Mm -hmm. already got like, it was very easy for me to do the podcast because I had an audience by then. So by creating the audience where you're strongest, you know, it's kind of just like the best type of content create is to create is whatever you're going to do consistently and master, 100%. right? Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with that. And I tell people all the time, the way I put it, I'm always like, wear the suit that looks best on you. Like, don't wear a suit that looks bad on you out to a date. Don't wear a suit that looks bad on you out to meet a new client. Like if you're not, cause people used to come to me all the time, like Tori, I need a blog. Teach me how to write. I'm, I suck at writing, but I really need a blog. No, you don't. Are you better at talking? Start a podcast. Are you better on video? Start a video channel. Like what do you, what are you doing talking about? I need a blog. You need to do what looks best on you to start. And so what looked best on me to start was writing. But then I was really, I was really emotionally attached to that, um, to that face to the name piece for me that really stuck with me because I think that my content is great on an instructional level, but I've had to actively work on storytelling and stuff. And so I'm, I'm, I always felt like I had a weak spot there when it came to written content that I would be able to make up for by just like showing up as a human, you know, in, in video. Yeah, I totally do. Well, and to that point, you know, it's funny because I'm not super shy, but like it's taken me a long time to go get in front of the friggin' camera, Kim. No more screencasts. And and I will <laughs> always love audio content because I can I, I just I love consuming it as well. Um but I think, you know, it's funny, one of the questions we had asked recently, uh one of the questions to get into the group, which I want to talk about how you've set that up too, is um like, you know, what do you struggle with with con- creating content? I can't believe how many people how to do it quickly and effectively that I'm like Hey, this isn't rocket science. You just friggin' practice. Like you just have to do it, right? I'm like, here's the big secret. Ready? Ready? You have to do it consistently. (laughs) And that's how I got better. You know, like that's why I wanted to commit to a daily email. And and that little exercise made me go, oh, apply this everywhere. Apply this to your health. Apply this to anything you want to get better at. Small, consistent action. Anyways, um, I'm ranty. The so so your Facebook (laughs) group. One thing. I love that you've done and I get to be, sometimes I can be a bit of a skirt about this, but is you sell, actively you sell in your group. So did you have a strategy for doing that? And, you know, was there any, okay, you know, because I, I think for me, I get like, oh, I created this fun group and it's connecting and, and it's, you know, genuine. I don't want people to get turned off by selling. And it's like crying out loud, Kim, you got to sell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so did, what was your strategy? 
So my strategy is always va- my strategy has been value first, and Arnie kind of really led the way in that. But I kind of put the the details together myself. Value first, value first, value first. So I want to make sure that I spend far more time delivering free value in my group than I ever spend selling. And so my last course launch, uh, the most recent one that just closed, it was open for about two weeks. Um, and I think the next launch, I'm going to cut it in half. They're only going to have a week to get in because I don't want to spend more than a week at a time selling them on something. And, um, yeah, even with selling them, I really, really, really like to let the video testimonials speak for themselves. And I really like to kind of position it in a way where I'm not being salesy and telling them you need this, you need this, you need this. I'm really just kind of encouraging them to take a look at the testimonials, take a look at the course and make their own decision. And I let them know, like, the testimonials are here for you so you can see what other students are saying about it and so that you can make the best decision for you and not just take my word for anything that you're going to get out of the course. And so I'm very, I try to be very gentle um, because I'm, I'm hyper aware that people don't like to be sold or people don't like to be sold in a very salesy way. People love to spend money though. People love to spend money. And people love to have their problems solved. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, it's really just about making sure that you're putting together Um, the cool thing about having a group, right. Or having an audience period is that you literally get to go to them and say, what's your biggest problem. And then they say, here's my biggest problem. And then you say, okay, I'm going to create something to sell you (laughs) so that that'll solve Mm -hmm. your biggest problem. And so number one, like that's, that's always the first, the first step is to just do that market research, figure out what your audience wants. And I know that a good portion of my audience in that group. There's another sector that I still have to kind of like figure out and toy with, but a good portion of that audience in my group. And I think the portion that's growing more rapidly um, is the portion that wants to learn how to blog for business or turn their blog traffic into cash flow or generate blog traffic to begin with and then turn it into cash flow. And so the course was born. Um, and then I just kind of tell them, you have this option. It's here. Here's what it's all about. You will see video testimonials for the next few days, kind of, letting you hear from other people's perspective and um, you have a deadline. Like that's it. I I try to keep it simple and I try to keep it gentle. And I always try to, even throughout launch week, I'm still putting value out as much as I can every single day so that they never feel like all they get out of the course is a pitch. I never want anybody to feel that way or all they get out of the group is a pitch rather. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know what you meant with that. So with, how did it go? I mean, how did you, you know what I love about it too is I think, one that you said it was in beta for a year. And I think that that's key for people to hear that is that And I swear I'm a slow learner because I finally connected the dots like two years ago. I'm like, Kim, just because something didn't like explode doesn't mean it's not worth putting out again. It's like what worked, what didn't, and you do it again, what worked, what didn't, and you do it again. And so um, yeah. how, how did it go to, to launch it in the group? I'm finally numbers. I'm just, no, I'm finally, I'll say this. I'm finally hitting, I actually beat, um, Arnie's conversion rate. I'll put it that way. And so that was, that was super promising for me. Now my group is still really small. So now what's my focus? My focus is to number one, continue putting out value in the group, but also expand my outreach to get more people into the group. Because at this point, as long as I, as long as I kind of repeat my process, all I got to do is grow the group from here and then continue to be good. So, uh, I feel like it's, it has been in beta for a year and it's been so long and there's definitely been like some, some, some high ups with it. You know, um, the, the standard basic ups, like you get your first sale and you're like, yeah, and then you get your first testimonial and you're like, oh yeah, that's great too. But there's also been like some hardcore downs where I'm like, I can't figure out how to make this thing sell consistently. That was always my issue. And, um, 
now with the way that things are going in the group, this is the most promising it's been thus far. And I think that personal branding and the community factor really had a lot to do with it. Well, absolutely. I mean, that that's that's great to hear. And again, I think it's it's going back to that and saying, look, I know this content's really good. It's how do I get it in front of the right people at the right time in a way that resonates with them. And so um, from that, do you do you see yourself ever then taking it and doing it like a launch, like with JVs and like the whole big launch thing? Or do you want to stick with, you know, uh, growing it through the group? I think I'll just stick with growing it through the group. Um, I don't see, I don't, you know, I never know. You never know what the future holds. I'm really into networking. I get more into networking with people every day and just like hanging out with my peers. We talked about that in our last, in our last chat. <laughs> um, so I'm really into the interaction, but I don't know, like, I love how organic it feels to just kind of build my little community and hang out with them every day and help them and give them things that they can pay for so that I can actually like afford the time to help them. That's kind of like where my focus is right now. So I don't see that changing really anytime soon, honestly. Well, that's great. No. And I just, I, you know, I asked because I think a lot of people, um, I, I've, I've seen not, not recently, but you know, probably in the last couple months, where I, I feel like the space has gotten a little bit burnt out on product launches, for lack of a better term, doesn't mean they don't work, right? It doesn't mean they don't work and 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 you can still connect. But I think it, it, it's just fun to see this space evolve where, you know, the BS, you know, Lamborghini photos or whatever, all that crap doesn't really work that well anymore. And people, I think, are craving, it's like the pendulum is swinging the other way, and people are craving that real connection, that relationship, and like being a part of something. And so, I mean, I, I think it's brilliant. Um, so you talked a little bit about the traffic piece, right? And I, 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 I struggle with that. And it was, you know, because I always say you're going to pay one one way or the other, time or money, right? Mm-hmm. When you can add paid traffic, I think it's gold. It'll, it'll get you there faster. Um, but at the same time, organic traffic is that much better better, I think, you know, I mean, until you can really dial in targeting and whatnot. So, um, you know, where do you think it, it this will probably open a can of worms. So it's so people <laughs> who are in this for the long haul, right? But where's a good starting point? Where would you say with traffic? With traffic to like, to your content to a blog, to, for instance? Yeah. To, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, so the first thing I always tell my audience to do is just do a very simple, basic ask and deliver. It also gets the biggest results out of everything I've told my audience to do. Mind you, the other tactics are a little more scary because it involves like talking to people. But um, (laughs) for the ask and deliver method, um, ask and deliver still involves talking to people. But the other thing that I tell everybody to do is is to connect with influencers, get everybody in on your stuff. And then that'll also bring traffic to, to you. Um, but people are like, oh, I'm so I'm afraid of influencers. I'm like, okay, let's get over that fear. But anyway, so the first thing is always to ask and deliver. So find a group um, that has your target audience in it. That's very important. This group must also be highly active and highly engaged. Now, this this doesn't necessarily have to be a Facebook group. There's pretty much a Facebook group for everything. So that's where I would start if I were you. Um, but find a group that has your target audience in it or a Reddit thread or core thread or whatever, and go in there and simply ask, what is your biggest challenge with blank? So if you are a dog trainer, what is your biggest challenge with potty training? Or what is your biggest challenge with your dog's obedience? What is your dog's uh, worst habit? What's your biggest challenge with your dog's habits? Whatever. Try to keep it as specific as possible. And then um, you, if it's an engaged, active group full of your target audience, you will get a plethora of answers. You can do this in a few different groups. Just ask the same question. 
you tally up the most popular answer and then you write an in-depth guide on that thing because that's your audience's, your target audience's biggest pain point, which means that's the thing that they all want to know about. So that's the first thing is figuring out the right topic. I think that's where everybody goes wrong. Um, and you go back and you deliver it to those very people. Now, I had a, a student recently who, and she actually got on video about this. I did a feature Friday for her in the group because I, I thought it was really, really, really important how much uh, we stress this point. And I wanted to make sure, I wanted them to hear it from somebody else. Shannon did the ask and then she wrote the post and she just like let it kind of sit there on her blog. And so it got like 30, 40 hits a day. And that's not a lot, that's not a lot of traffic, right? And so then she was like, well, let me go back and deliver it because I forgot the deliver piece. So she goes back and she actually delivers <laughs> the post <laughs> and it jumped up to a thousand hits per day because not only did they all love it and read it, they all shared it all over the place. And so now she's getting a thousand hits a day just from doing a just from doing a basic ask and deliver. And then what you can do from there to do from that is kind of the same thing that I did. I reached out to you. The first thing I did was reach out to you and I said, hey, I know that you're an expert on this thing. I love your content on it. Can I ask you a quick question? I'll quote you in my blog post. Maybe you can share it with your audience. I think they'll find it useful. That's it. Very simple. Um, And that's just connecting with influencers. And so that's another thing because then those influencers will share your article with their people. And then if you make it a party, if you make it a roundup, right, then you have like seven different influencers sharing your article with their audience. You're going to get a ton of traffic from that. And then from there, of course, like, that's the organic side, right? So the difference between the organic and the paid, like you said, paid is gold because paid is automated. It keeps going. It never stops. It, it automates for as long as you want it to. And you might have to like go in and tweak a campaign, but I think it has more longevity to it because once, um, unless you have an article kind of go viral the way that Shannon's did where everybody like shared it, shared it, shared it, which isn't because she isn't just because she delivered it, but because she wrote it so well to where it resonated to the point where they wanted to share it. Um, if you have like a bunch of influencers share, but your article isn't really, I don't know, quote unquote, share worthy, where a lot of people are trying to share it, then you get that first bit of traffic and then it goes flat. Right. And so you want to try to learn how to convert people quickly so you can build up the budget if you're bootstrapping to kind of have that paid traffic as well and kind of mix them all together. You'll be golden. That's pretty much, that's how you get traffic. (laughs) Well, you know, what's crazy too, is it talk about like basic, right? I mean, it's, it's not rocket science. Ask yeah. people what their problems are and, and do the research. And I, I, you know, when I, with the WordPress check, I just would create content around stuff that I was doing and, and like, which I am a huge believer in the document versus, you know, having to like, oh, I'm going to go find keywords. And I'm not saying those strategies don't matter, but that gets old. Like I, I way prefer the, the personal content. So the basic ask and deliver, it's like, Holy moly, brilliant. So let's talk a little bit about connecting with influencers because I know a lot of people are, scared to to step into that or people are going to say no. And it's so funny to me. I can't tell you many times and I'm not like, oh, I'm an influencer, but I tell people, I'm like, reach out, let's say hi, let's, I'm, I'm, I'm just me, right? So I'm like, I was super honored that you asked. And I was like, <laughs> let me email my list and let me keep sharing it or whatever I need to do. And so, you know, what advice would you give to somebody who wants to do that, but is just thinking this isn't going to work or they're not, who am I? What would you say? Well, uh... If you just, okay, for anybody who isn't anybody ever in life who isn't doing something simply out of the doubt, self-doubt, negative self-talk, 
um, you got to start with your mindset. You got to get over that negative self-talk and you got to go, you got to kind of face your fear there. I think that's, that's the, that's the most key piece of advice. And if you don't have that mindset to face your fear to begin with, you're never going to do it. And so that's what I always say. Um, but after that, some more actionable strategies is number one, there's, there's different levels of influencers. So like, First off, I consider most people who are in a space who have a personal brand, pretty much anybody with a personal brand is an influencer because they have influence on someone. And so you don't necessarily have to start with the Neil Patels and the Gary Vaynerchuks, right? I've contacted Gary v, Gary v probably about like 12 times and I haven't gotten a response yet, but I can't wait. It's going to happen one day. But um, it, it totally is. It's going to happen. If I stay consistent, he's eventually going to respond to me. I got a response from Neil Patel and um, John Lee Dumas, though. So I feel I feel good about my influencer marketing skills. But um, (laughs) (laughs) but everyone has influence on someone. And so if you want to start smaller, if you want to start with a lower mid-level influencer that doesn't have not to say that they're not as valuable, but they just don't have as big of an audience. They might have a small, tight knit audience that's like super into them. They're in love with that person like they have. They're building their true fan, their true fans fan base. Um, it's just not as many people. It's still going to be super valuable to you. So start there. And the really cool thing about the, the quote unquote, like low to mid-level influencers is that they're hungry. And just like you, they don't have egos yet. They're not like, Oh, oh I have an ego. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh no. I mean, we all, we all have egos on some level. Like we feel I like we're great at what we do, but yet. it's, but it's like, like when somebody called, like somebody called me an influencer the other day and I'm like, nah, I don't feel that way. But it's all a matter of perception. Right. And so like, we don't have egos yet. Like a lot of us haven't, we're not like fitting into our influencer shoes, you know? And so, um, yeah. And do you think, let me ask you this really quick. Sorry to interrupt you, but it's like, no, you're good. I, I think that, that, um, even then, you know, it was like, I don't know if I if I had told you this when we had talked before, I did a movie back in 2010 and it was called women in business 2.0. And I hit a bunch of, it was all females. And I, it was, it was a crazy experience. What do you mean you did a movie? Went, you acted in the movie? No, well, I, I produced like a documentary called Women in Business 2.0. Oh, And wow. I went out and like I interviewed, you know, some like Allie Brown and like some big names in the, in that space. And, um, it was, <laughs> we'll talk offline about it. It was interesting. You can't, like, I can find the trailer, but you can't buy the movie or anything anymore. Um, and it wasn't like good, bad, or indifferent. It was just, the film crew bailed on me a week before we were going to interview. So I had to go do it all myself. So that was fun. Um, oh, wow. But, but, but what was interesting and I, and I, I have seen a difference because, you know, having interviews and like I had Mari Smith in it and like some of these people that are pretty big names and stuff, but in talking with, you know, 14 quote unquote influencers and there, I, I learned a lot in that, in that some people had an online persona and some people were somebody else offline. Yeah. And you know, it, I really made a commitment. I'm like, hell no, I can never be that person. I just, I can't, <laughs> you know? And so, you know, the goal with that too. And, and so I think, and to your point of sort of mid-level influencers, like I, I think the easiest way to, and is just, just to connect and, and, and when you start doing, there's so many friggin' people to connect mm-hmm. with, right. That yeah. people get hung up. And I love the fact that you're like, I've contacted Gary V 12 times. It's like, there will be a connection there. Something it's going to, it just will happen. Right. I mean, <laughs> it has simply to. based on, on the math. Right. But, um, <laughs> but again, in the meantime, you're not like, Oh, well, this isn't going to work because Gary V hasn't responded to me yet. Um, so, so with those, uh, the low to mid level, like where, where would you tell someone to go find those people? Um, I always look for 
<laughs> I use Facebook for everything. So <laughs> I always, what I'll do is I'll go to my target audience, um, in a Facebook group or I'll go to my actual audience now that I have a group of my own or people you can email your email list, whatever the case may be. And you can say, who's your, who's your favorite person to go to for this thing? Who's your favorite? Like if I were to look for an email influencer, guys, who's your favorite person to go to for advice on email, um, email marketing. And then I guarantee you, you're going to find a name or two in there that you don't recognize and you look for those people. Um, and everything is always about communicating with your audience, right? And so um, you find those names that you don't recognize that way. Or, you know, you can do basic Google stuff because a lot of the times the front pages of Google aren't necessarily full of people who are like influencers. They're full of people who are good at SEO, you know? And yeah. so mm-hmm. <laughs> those, those might also be two different things. Or like high-level influencers, I mean, they'll be mid-level or low-level because they're good at SEO. And so um, you find those people that way. And then... They're, they're hungry. They're not full of ego. They're super down to earth people. Actually, I, I actually prefer hanging out with mid-level influencers because it's like building friendships. It's not just like, oh, this is a business transaction and it's cold and it's dry. Kind of how it can be with the high level influencers who, um, not to say that they all have egos, but they're definitely very busy. So it can definitely come off that way. I'll put it that way. Sure. Um, and so you're like, cool. And you're making friendships and they're much quicker to kind of respond to your request and give you some actual feedback or give you a quote to put in a blog article. And the way to connect with once you get up, once you, once you, once you start connecting with mid-level influencers, anybody who's afraid, you'll find that everybody's very nice and it wasn't that hard. So just like put, <laughs> put, put a foot forward and like to try it out. And I, I promise you, like you'll have a great response from that um, and you'll have a great time with it. But then once you once you feel like you've gotten some you know some courage and you've got some in, some networking game under your belt, you want to connect with a high level influencer. Honestly, the best way to do that is with roundup posts, which is what I was talking about before. So you'll shoot them out emails and you'll say, "Hey, so and so, I write for such and such, or I'm a business owner over at such and such." In an effort of keeping this short, um, I'm doing a roundup post. It's going to be you and list all of the other names that they'll be familiar with that are all high level, right? And then you say, or I'm planning for it to be you and all these other names. Like I'm not saying be inauthentic. You can say planning to whatever the case may be. The cool thing about high level influencers is that they still like their number one thing is still going to be exposure. They're still looking for that exposure. So if you, you don't have to be an influencer yourself to connect with them. If you can connect them with another influencer that who, who has like a complimentary audience to them, they'll see that as a win in and of itself. And so that's the what's in it for them. So you leverage all of them kind of with each other and you say, Hey, everybody come have an exposure party. Let's get, let's just send me your quote (laughs) and then it'll be, and it'll be fine. And then they'll take like the one or two minutes that it takes to kind of write that up and send it to you. You know what I, what hit me as you were doing, uh, sharing all that too is, and I didn't do this for the first, I don't know, couple of years that I was doing podcasting. Uh, but then I started saying, you know, I always ask people, hang on, we're done. And, and then I say, you know, can I make some introductions for you? When I, when I know, like, and it's, it's for somebody like if I have had a genuine connection with, but I'm like, your stuff's gold. Like I need to connect you. You need to get on more shows or, or it is an influencer. Um, I had the good fortune and, and, I'm sharing this too because I want everybody listening to realize like 
this is the stuff that will shift your business, right? And yes, you need to do the work. You need to create, you need to sell, you need to market. But it's truly, it all happens through the networking and relationships. And I interviewed um, Chris Mason of WooCurve, where they have kind of similar checkout pages to ClickFunnels for WooCommerce, like one click upsells and stuff. Anyways, one of his mentors is Brian Kurtz, who you know, huge direct response marketing guy, 30 years. And he sent me Eugene Schwartz book and because he's republishing them all. It was like, I was giddy <laughs> talking to this guy <laughs> for an hour. I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, Brian, like, and he's going to send me something else he's publishing. And I'm like, I need to make some con- connections for you. Who can I introduce you to? So it's, and, and, and again, it's just a give when you get that. And so it's like, that's even a simple thing to do is when you've connected with somebody like, how can I, is there, is there anybody you want to talk to or how can I help you? Or do you want to get on more podcast interviews or live streaming? I mean, where do you see the opportunity with that going? That was um, a question for you. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I'm all, I, yeah. I kind of segue in my normal <laughs> Kim speak. So sorry about that. Like I just see, holy moly, there's so much possibility with this. Yeah, there's no, there's a ton of possibility. And I think, no, I think that's awesome. I think people love to connect with more people. And so like the people who are like in in the groove of it and really into the networking thing. Like if, if somebody's down to network with you nine times out of 10, they're into networking. So if you're not into networking yet, that's okay. Once you start connecting with people, you'll nine times out of 10 start connecting with people who are like already used to it. Right. Um, and so if you have other connections for them, yeah, that's awesome. Even if it's not somebody that like, um, necessarily has more exposure to hand to them or whatever the case may be. I think the key there, whenever you're, whenever you're working with, you know, your influencers or networking with your people who are affording you their time and their attention in some way. Um, it's always cool to kind of figure out where they might need help or like where they might need something. If you can kind of intuitively like check out their content, whatever the case may be and figure that out and say, Hey, I have a, I have a solution for that. Like, do do you want that thing? I can just hand it to you. Right. So like, Hey, Daniel D. Piazza has a new book coming out. Hey, bro, I got a bunch of people who love you. Why don't you start a street team? I'll shoot it out to them. I'll shoot an email out and see if they're down. You know what I mean? Like, it could be anything. Um, And that's always a way to pay it back. And that's always a way to make any influencer that you're, like, really looking up to and intimidated by um, kind of – or a way – really just a way to make you feel better. (laughs) Really just a way to make you feel better about giving them the value, honestly. Because if they've already connected with you at that point, like, they're feeling good about it. (laughs) But it is a good way to kind of solidify that relationship, though, you know, and be more confident that you're, like, really working to have that. You know, and and along the lines of a roundup post, um, one of my favorite types, too, and I haven't done one in a while, but is is people that I – recommend that other people follow that maybe are low to mid level. And it's like, you know, here's pe- here are some people you may or may not know of, but they are doing amazing stuff. You definitely need to connect to them. You should follow them, subscribe, whatever. And because then all of a sudden, you know, we're all building an audience. It doesn't matter what level you're at and anybody who gets anybody who gets mentioned. So yes, you can, the influencers are great, but at the same time, it's highlighting people that are just doing cool shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, truly, truly. That really is what it's all about. Like, keep it organic. Um, I think people focus on vanity too much, and it's when they get caught up in the vanity of it all that they kind of start to like fumble a little bit. But if you focus yeah. on like just organic connections, connect with your peers, connect with um, anybody who you want to connect to, and connect with your readers and your audience and your customers. You know what I mean? It's really just about connecting with people at every level. That's it. 
That's all it is. Yeah. I, I've started doing more of that with live streaming when I'm watching a live stream. I, do you know Arlene Battisil? She's in the ClickFunnels group. I do not know her yet, but I, I know her okay. now. <laughs> okay. Well, and you will, because I interviewed her, but she, she was on Shark Tank. Uh, she's written a book. She has this, um, she's a kick in the pants. She's got this, um, uh, e-commerce company. It's go-go gear, like attractive motorcycle gear for females. Um, mm-hmm. but she was just doing a live stream on, on expert secrets and why she loved the book, whatever. And so I just popped in. I'm like, Oh my God, this book was a game changer for me too. We start a conversation. I'm like, I'd love to have you on the podcast. We take it to Facebook messenger. The conversation continues for 15 minutes. Then we get on, I do the podcast. And then I was like, Hey, I'd love your opinion on it's like, now there's this friendship. Right. And, and so that happens a lot. And I think people, you miss, there's so much opportunity. One with the live stream, which, Tori, you're so great at doing these consistently in your group. It is a huge inspiration to me. Um, I just got to <laughs> get over getting ready. I have, but, a, secret. <laughs> it, I have a secret. I'll tell oh, you. Oh, you do? Yeah. <laughs> Offline or like you're going to tell me the secret? No, I can tell you the secret right now. I was going to let you finish first. Okay. I'll be really quick. But, okay. <laughs> so I was, I was watching a, a live stream with Ross Brand, who I would love to connect you with. He does a show, Best of Be Live. Um, he's working for Be Live also, and he's um, but he had this, this gal on, I'm like, she is so fun. Like, I love her. And, and so I, you know, we just, same thing. I just commented. I'm like, she, you're hilarious. I want to get to know you. Long story short, we've had a, just a connection call. We're going to do a live stream together. And so it's fun. What I love about live streaming is because you really can tell, ah, they're totally like, I resonate with this person. They're super cool. Or I'd love to get to know a little bit more about them. So there's another yeah. opportunity. Okay. So yeah. give me the secret. <laughs> okay. So when I first started my group, like I said, I hadn't done video yet. Um, and I kept putting it off. I kept, kept putting it off and not even, not, not even like when I, well, when I first started, yeah, I put it off for that first week. But before I started the group, I'd already told myself like, why not start like tinkering around with video and like showing your face more, N- not even with the Facebook group included, like hop on your timeline and do like, just do a live for your friends or whatever the case may be, um, or for your friends list. I never did it. Um, when I started the group, I was like, I really need to get over this fear. (laughs) I'm terrified of video. Uh, I really like to like plan out everything I'm going to say. That's why I write. I don't do words well on a camera. Like I don't do it well. So (laughs) I, um, I on actually one of my Monday connection threads, I actually voiced that I would like an accountability buddy. I just want somebody to contact me every morning, Monday through Friday, bright and early and say, Tori, what is your live going to be about today? And somehow that changed everything for me. And so I, I still don't do, I still don't do lives Monday through Friday, but just that little push um, from Michelle who God bless her. She's incredible. She's done it literally Monday through Friday every day since then. Um, but just that little push from her every morning to say, Tori, what's your live going to be about today? And there are some days that I'm like, okay, I can't do it today. And she's like, okay, no big deal. Like, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you do you. But on the days where I actually have an answer for her, she'll have a little conversation with me. She'll be like, oh, I'm totally stoked. Like she gives me that encouragement. Um, Still to this day, even though I've been doing this for probably about two months now since the group started, um, I'm still, I still have a lot of nerves that go along with the live streaming bit. And I'm glad it doesn't come off, but they're definitely there. Like before recording, during recording, I have nerves. I keep them short on purpose because I feel like I'm kind of drowning in those nerves. (laughs) Um, And then, but after it's over, I go back and I look at it and I'm like, okay, I'm glad I did that. 
And so that's one thing that keeps me going. And then two, Michelle every morning giving me that little nudge, that accountability goes a long way. Um, because it feels like you're making a commitment. It kind of puts, what I've noticed is that I'm quicker to do stuff if I put, and I think this is psychology and I think it's probably for everyone. If you make an announcement oh. or you, or you speak your commitment out loud that you're going to do something, you kind of put your back against the wall and then you definitely like follow through on it. If you keep those commitments in your head, you get to back out on them all the time. You get to back out on them every day, you know? And so for me, I needed like somebody else to be speaking to me about that because then it was like out there. It was a promise to somebody else. It wasn't just about me at that point. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Accountability has, it, it totally, I do the same thing. It's like, if I announce a webinar, well, now I got to do it. If I announce this and now I have to do it. It's, yeah. It was, you know, it's, it's, I've kind of been the same way in terms of <laughs> a friend of mine had said once, like, you know, some live streams just seem like circle jerks and it's like, you don't want to get up there and just randomly talk at people. Right. But I, I think as simple as, you know, having a, just a list, you know, just James Altucher is a big one on 10 ideas a day, 10 ideas a day or whatever. But if you just keep just even a bullet list of things that you want to connect with and talk about or whatever, I think it may surprise you. You know, I just mean like, I need to get over, go do your hair and your makeup and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, for the love of God. Right? Like, I mean, because yeah. at the end of the day, nobody cares. They're like, just just show up and be you. No, it's it's you care. Nobody else cares. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's my age. <laughs> Um, God, Troy, I have, I have so much fun talking with you. So tell me what, um, what's coming for you for the remainder of the year and next year. I am fully 100% focused on this course and figuring out how else I can help my audience here in the group. And so that's, that's my main thing. I'm kind of like transitioning now out of client based work and I'll still, I'm, I'm sure I'll still have clients, but there'll probably be more coaching clients rather than done for you services. So I'm kind of transitioning out of mm-hmm. client based work and transitioning fully into course creator mode um, where I might have a couple of, I might take on coaching calls within that and just kind of growing this group. That's really where my focus is lying right now. Um, in addition to helping the couple of clients that I did keep, cause I did keep a couple cause I really love them. <laughs> well, and how, well that, and I'm like, Holy, there, there's something to be said about the focus. And I think as entrepreneurs, it's very easy to have a few, I mean, I feel like I'm more focused than I've ever been, but I still, you know, launching a web app and this brand and the, it is what it is, you know, but um, mm-hmm. removing the service work will, <laughs> will free you up immensely. Um, <laughs> so and I don't know if, if you gave the name of the course, but what is the name of your course story? So the name of the course, guys, is Blog Traffic to Cashflow. It teaches you exactly that. Um, And right now, because it's so small, I actually get to be very, very present for my early adopter students. Um, I don't imagine that always being the case. Uh, Once it gets to a level where it grows and hopefully I have like 1,000 and 2,000 students, of course, I only have 24 hours in a day. So I will definitely be present in a group and community aspect, just like I am now. That doesn't have to change. Um, but I'm very present on a one-on-one level with everybody. And so I think the people who get in early are really going to get the biggest kick out of it. Um, regardless, uh, yeah, that's the name of the course, Blog Traffic to Cashflow. The group is called Blogging for Entrepreneurs, Actionable Growth and Income Strategies. So anybody who's listening, everybody out there, please come join me. It'll be so fun to hang out with you. And Kim, you're in there. So you still get to hang out with Kim too. <laughs> I am. And it's like, I'm try- you know, it's like I'm, I'm still trying to figure out the best way to manage participation and in, in other groups and my group and whatnot, but it's like, I'm committed to it. I'm like, I'll, I'll get the right flow for myself. Um, and for anybody who's in content creators, I do have 
Tori's group is the only one I have as a recommendation right now. <laughs> um, so now, is your course really quick? Is it, is, can people enroll anytime or do you open and close it? I definitely, I definitely open and close it um, because I'm kind of developing a workflow around that where I want to be present. So I want to be able to onboard the students, get all of their early questions answered and all that stuff without um, worrying about, I don't know, always having new students coming in. So I like to do it in flows. I really like the idea of open close. So right now it's not available. It it, it will be available sometime around the time that this airs uh, in November. So Okay, perfect. And in the meantime, they can join the Facebook group. Um, so Tori, as always, one of these days, we're going to get to hang out in person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we will. As soon as I um, get over my fear of flying, I will be out there on your side of the country. Oh, well, I'm hope. Are you going to the Funnel Hacking Live? Uh, no, I have. No, I don't have any plans to do that. I, I thought about going and I was like, I don't. It's I really struggled with um, the decision to not go, but I was like, let me focus on, I'm hyper-focused and I'm appreciating how focused I am. So I was like, let me focus on what I'm doing now. Cause if I go to funnel hacking live, Russell is so like charismatic, he's going to get me all off track doing something else. And I'm like, what I'm doing right now is working. So like, let me get this together <laughs> and not focus on going no, to funnel that's, hacking live or do anything else. <laughs> no, that's brilliant. That's totally brilliant. You know, it's one of those, I saw bought a ticket there. If they open them up again, it's like, I kind of keep waffling. Um, Part of me is like, you just need to get out of the house. (laughs) So we'll see. Um, All right. So again, Tori, where is the best place for people to connect with you? Definitely in the group. Blogging for Entrepreneurs. Look it up on Facebook. um, And then you'll you'll find me in there. Make sure you guys please answer the questions. If you don't answer the questions, I can't accept you. I won't know that Kim sent you. So please answer the questions when you uh, when you join in. That's my way of keeping the group safe from like spammers and people who aren't really interested in being there. Amen. We do the same thing. I'm like, if you can't answer two questions, like, come on, really? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'll, um, I'll reject all right. you. I'll reject you if you can't answer the questions. <laughs> so. As you should. Thank you very much, Tori. Pleasure as always. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. (laughs) All right, guys, you know the drill. Hang on for a second. I'll have an outro with I'll repeat the links. And of course, everything will be in the show notes. And as always, thanks so much for listening. See what I mean, guys? Tori just rocks. I am so, so grateful that we connected last year. And I'm really excited uh, about what she's doing and where she's going. And her group is just amazing. A couple quick updates since I recorded this a while ago. uh, But the new name of the Facebook group is Content Mastery for Entrepreneurs, Actionable Growth, and Income Strategies. I'll make it super easy for you to find it, though. Just go to thewpchick.com forward slash Tori. That's T-O-R-I. Again, thewpchick.com forward slash Tori. Join the group. Hop in. And just like any other Facebook group, the more engaged you are, the better. As always, guys, thanks so much for listening. If you haven't left a review on iTunes, I'd love it. And I will catch you next week. Yes, I will be back on a regular schedule next week. Thanks, guys.